the bits that I think is more valuable to our clients. They don't really care about payroll. They just want to know it's done correctly. But actually what they want to know is, oh, this is when you need to pay that. This is how much, this is the bank details. And they don't want to know they can ask questions about anything as well. So it's kind of adding that extra value piece in. You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Zero. I use Zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients' accounts and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to zero.com with an X and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi and welcome to the Bookkeepers podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood. We're joined by Nicola Hageman today. Hi Nicola, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm really excited to be on here, so thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you. Well, we wanted to have a chat with you about how to make payroll more profitable as a service. And um, we know that this is, it's an interesting one, actually, when we speak to bookkeepers, some people are like, I'm never doing payroll. It's just not my thing. And there are other people we know in the community who have, who just do payroll, you know, so it's something you like, or you don't like, or it just, you know, everyone needs to have that in their business. So I'm curious about this, because I've got lots of questions about how we price it, how we make it more effective. Um, but do you want to start by telling us a bit about your background and what you do? Yep, sure. So um, I'm a management accountant by trade. So I worked in a big IT company um, and did sort of the management accounts and things for that. Um, and then about, well, it would have been nearly 10 years ago now when my eldest was due to start school, I realised I couldn't pick up from two different places in one time. So I sort of said to my husband, oh, should I start my own business? He was like, yeah, sure, go for it. And it was kind of the practice was born. So I was very much compliance based to start off with. It was all around the kids. It was making sure it was as flexible for me as possible. Um, So I offered compliance work and the work that I did with clients was bookkeeping, payroll, accounts, um, year end. I didn't offer like any management accounts at the time, that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, so it was very much the flexibility around having the kids. Um, But then we've grown. So since 2018 so I actually had a third child in the same sort of time as starting a business because that always sounds like a great idea to have kids and businesses and all of that kind of happening at the same time um but yeah so 2018 I kind of started taking it a bit more seriously um we got an office I got some team members um, and we've sort of grown since then so we look after um just over 600 clients now um ranging from sole traders individuals up to multi-million pound um, limited companies so offering a full outsourced package to them so we've grown our expertise in-house and um, we've grown kind of the, the sort of services that we offer to our clients as well. So interesting that you said your background was in management accounts and then you weren't offering management accounts when you started the business like you yeah. went in and did all isn't it funny how we build the businesses that we believe we should rather than pulling on all of the experience and the expertise that you have like did you know how to do payroll back then or did you learn it for clients? I learned it for clients. So um, to start off with, it was director only payroll, super easy. So quite happy with that. Um, but then, yeah, tra- trained myself and taught myself payroll um, for slightly larger uh, companies. Now, it wasn't 50, 100 individuals. It was for two or three limit like. Uh, monthly paid people so it wasn't like massively complicated to start off with um we've now got a payroll manager in-house so she's fully cipp trained so she manages all of our payrolls so we have taken that step up so we now have that capability but no to start off with it was just me training myself and i didn't do management accounts because 
when you do management accounts, you have to get something completed on the seventh of the month, every month, and you can't not do it when you've got sick children or whatever it is you want to do. And because it was me on my own, I didn't have, I didn't have the time to commit to a certain thing happening every month. So we do them now. Again, I've got a team and I kind of tell them that they need to be doing things by a certain date and it's their job, isn't it? So um, we sort of like have a lot more um, flexibility or like offerings that we can do things on a, on a regular basis that I didn't have the the luxury of to start off with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that your story of starting a business around children and um, realizing the constraints of certain types of work was really a, like a really insightful thing to do because we're often having this conversation where, you know, we, if we've been employed before, we start a business and then we build a business that looks like employment because we think that's what it looks like. And we try and deliver that and we think, oh, it'll be cheaper because I don't have overheads and, you know, but I'll be able to work my hours. But then uh, we were talking about this the other day, Joe. you were talking, maybe it was a boot camp and you were saying, I didn't build a business that worked for me because I actually didn't know that I could. But you realised I get to choose what this looks like. And if I offer this service, the business isn't going to work for me. Um, as you've grown, you've made choices about whether you deliver other things. And I suppose at those points where you have those director payroll, the small director payrolls, you were thinking, right, okay, I can do this in terms of like my skill set, what's possible, I can do that. And that is manageable. But it was probably another decision when someone came along and they were like, I've got a team of 10 about whether you do that in house or who is the right person to resource that because payroll comes with deadlines of the, you know, it has to be done on that day as well. Yeah, I mean, I've done payroll sitting around um, my holiday beach hut type thing because uh, it wasn't done before I went away and someone made a change and I've got to go and sort that out. So there have been times in the past where that's happened and I've done everything from doing it myself. And when I decided it was too much for me and too much of a um, a strain or a constraint on my time, I then outsourced it. So I then had somebody who was looking after it for me and that was brilliant. And then I then made the decision to bring it back in-house so that I could offer more value to my clients and do the full payroll service, like checking HMRC and uh, kind of letting them know what their payments are, making sure that they they know where where they're going, all of that sort of stuff. So the bits that I think is more valuable to our clients, they don't really care about payroll. They just want to know it's done correctly. But actually what they want to know is, oh, this is when you need to pay that. This is how much, this is the bank details. And they don't want to know they can ask questions about anything as well. So it's kind of adding that extra value piece in. Mm. Payroll is a funny thing, isn't it? Because it's the area in our job that most people have understood, received the outcome themselves because they've been yeah. employed. So they actually get it. Whereas if we talk about management accounts and corporation tax returns and things like that, you know, most people wouldn't know what you were talking about. Yeah. But when we talk about payroll, most people understand the kind of the concept of what it means. Yeah, yeah definitely. But they don't understand all of the intricacies they don't really care about that, but they do care if it's wrong. They yes. do care if something means that they get less pay and it can cause so much stress. And it is one of those areas where it's hard to make it sound like really like good and the extra, because at the end of the day, payroll is payroll. You've confirmed you're going to pay the people this amount of money. That's why they're working for you. Therefore, it needs to be done. So it's kind of a hard, you know, people, it's definitely a compliance piece, ticking the box and employers, employers 
see it as like, just get it done, get it done correctly. But it's hard to explain the value and everything and the work that goes behind it. When you're having conversations around payroll and discovery calls and things like that, what do you think what what do you think uh, business owners come to you with? What's their wishes for it? And is it just a tick in the box or do they do they want more and can we give more? Um, yeah, I think it, it is a tick in a box. However, as you say, it's one of the most emotive subjects that anybody's ever going to have a conversation about. So having those conversations with clients, if somebody, if an employee isn't paid correctly, or if there's a mistake, or if there's an issue with the pensions, or someone doesn't get involved properly, and all of these things, they they carry massive penalties apart from anything else. But like, if you you don't know what you don't know. And I don't think many employers know how to register for a new pension scheme and when to employ enroll employees. And they don't want to know any of this stuff. What they want to know is that we're giving them the peace of mind that we will make sure everything gets processed correctly. And we're, we're checking that they're compliant with pensions. We're checking that they're compliant with national minimum wage. We're checking that they are deducting the right tax national insurance that they've got a student loan on there that all of these things and we're doing that behind the scenes um and so yes I know what you mean like oh it's just pen just payroll like just pay this person a thousand pounds but um I think it's very you need to be able to sort of talk to the client say actually do you know what to get to that end result and to make it as easy for you as possible at the start we've got so much to do in the middle to make sure that that's working properly Mm, yeah so and so you've gone on a journey from management accounts compliance a little bit of payroll learning a lot about payroll having yep. a team that deliver payroll and payroll like we're having a conversation here about payroll not about building a practice to 600 clients which I, there's probably another chat there as well yeah and um, yeah tell me about your interest in payroll how did this become so important to you well, um, maybe like three years ago or something like that. Um, I, in fact, I think it came from the fact that I had to take my laptop with me on holiday to make sure that if I needed to do any payroll, I could log into my desktop system to be able to access it. Um, I sort of went out onto one of the accountancy forums, which there were loads of them um, in, obviously in Facebook, your group being kind of one of the, or the big ones that's really important. Um, and I think I just put out there, I need some payroll software solu uh, solutions. What have we got out there? It needs to be cloud-based and it needs to be super efficient for me and my team to use. Um, and there wasn't anything. So we had a few options and they were sort of like, oh, this one, oh yeah, but that charges per pay slip. And I've got however many pay slips. That's going to cost me a fortune to do. Now, obviously as accountants, we think about numbers, we're looking at the return on investment and it may be that actually it saved me enough time that, that would have worked. But that was a big number to me and that was quite scary um and then there's desktop which is cheaper but you can't you can't have multiple people using it you can only get one person in at a time the amount of times i've had a corrupted file which means we've had to rerun payroll or something like that and it's just yeah awful so i ended up talking to these other two accountants and i think it was one of the like a you know when you make this silly comment oh should we make our own and then we're like yeah sure why not and then it was like actually shall we so we actually did. And so we actually create, we've actually created our own payroll software. Um, and our whole focus on this is making our lives as easy as possible. And if we were the only users on it, we've kind of succeeded in that because now it's so much easier to process payroll. We're doing it quicker. We're doing it more efficiently. Um, we're making more money out of it, which at the end of the day is what we all want to achieve, isn't it? So um, yeah, we've, we've launched, well, 
we're, this is our second full financial year um, and we've got some amazing features in it. Um, but yeah, our whole our whole plan and my whole plan for payroll in general is to make it as profitable as possible and as efficient for my team to be using so they can either run more payrolls and make more money that way or they've got time to go and do other things or it's a part-time job instead of a full-time job or whatever that needs to look like. So, yeah. I want to ask you about how you make it more profitable. I've got loads of questions there. But first of all, because we have conversations like this all the time, um, <laughs> I'd love to know like, what's actually involved in building software. Have you got a background in that? Like how no. that what's it been like? Oh my, it, honestly, it's been the biggest learning curve ever, other than starting my own practice and coming from industry into um into compliance but yeah um it's been a massive learning curve so we have got an amazing team of developers um who we who manage it for us so we meet with them all the time like three times a week we're kind of talking to them we're saying what our ideas are what the plans are they're going through and creating like roadmaps and um how each thing's going to look and then we come back and approve it and then they build it and it's it's very exciting very very exciting um like so we've been approved now we integrate with zero and quickbooks and you know when a journal posts in zero and it says like where it comes from and it's like comes from fresh pay and i'm like oh my god that's like that's my software <laughs> um and it is like the proudest thing that we've ever done now don't get me wrong it has been so stressful it has cost a lot more money than we ever expected it to cost um but it's really good and we're seeing such great reviews from other people as well to say how much their lives have changed from processing payroll, having the efficiencies in there um, and everything. So, yeah, it's making such a difference to the people that we're working with. Oh, you must be so proud. That is such an amazing achievement. And I mean, would you if you because you said it has been really hard. <laughs> yeah. And cost a lot of money and all these things and you're two years financially in would you do it all again? Like if you knew what you knew now? I don't know. Ask me six months ago. No, not at all. I yeah. like ask me in another six months and I will probably be absolutely. I will 100% do it. At the moment, I can see the potential. We're now at such a good position with the actual software. It's doing what we want it to do. We've got loads of like we've had loads of really great updates over the last few uh, like couple of months. So, yes, fantastic um but yeah let's talk again in six months as to whether I would decide to do it again or not <laughs> I love it okay so you're and um, so you've got a piece of software now that's like cloud-based I guess all your team can access yep. it and you can go on holiday and don't have to worry about who's got the laptop um where does this fit in with like profitability of payroll and um what what does this mean now for payroll as a function so um so one of our things is we price per employer so that for me as, as a company as an accountancy practice running payroll I know how much that's going to cost me per month per employer regardless of how many employees are going on there so that is just like a it's more stable it's more more predictable um but the efficiencies that we're running so we used to have to I'm thinking of, so back in a normal processing on desktop software um I think we worked out there were 14 steps that you had to do to process a payroll even a simple one um with fresh pay there's four so you can actually process payroll in four steps. So it time saving wise, like you don't have to log back in and send an FPS. You don't have to log back in to do the pensions because everything gets sent automatically on the right day to the right people. And it all just it all just happens. So once you finalize payroll, that's it. It's done. Um, 
And that saves a lot of time. Now, it might only be a minute or so per company to be able to go and run an FPS. But if you're running 100 companies, that's actually a lot of time that you're spending literally clicking three buttons to go and submit something. Um, so that's a time saving thing. Um, it meant it's meant that so we haven't changed our prices. Actually, we put our prices up rather than anything else. So we haven't said, oh, we're more efficient now. I'm not going to charge as much money. Actually, the end result to our client is still exactly the same as it was before. But we found a better way of doing it. So we are now charging the same amount as we were. We're charging properly market rates, good values for the payroll that we're doing. But the actual processing of it's all done in the background. So now we've got time to actually add that value, have those conversations with clients, meet with them, um, talk to them about their payroll, answer their payroll questions, and all the things that clients value more than us just pressing go on a payroll. So all of that makes a massive difference as well. Um, yeah, so loads of kind of extra bits. So I think what you're saying is to make this profitable, you need to be charging correctly in the first place, but then it's about finding ways of being more efficient and doing things in a better way so yeah. that you're shaving that time. And I love what you said. It might only be a minute, it, but a minute over 100 clients every yeah. single month is a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of brain space. So I, I love that that two-pronged approach rather than just like always yeah. upping prices. When we talk about pricing, you know, pricing we get asked about all the time. And obviously you said like market value. How are how are you pricing? Do you price per payslip? Are you do you have a standard like set fee then plus payslips on top? Like, can you talk us through that? Yeah, so we kind of charge a little bit of a mix of both. So we have it's a per payslip price, but we have a minimum fee. So it it works out. Our minimum is like three payslips. So if you've got three people under three people, you pay the same amount, and then we pay per payslip on the top of that. And we also charge uh, for processing auto enrollment. We charge if we're leavers and starters because they take more time um, and we charge for anything to do with like setting up pensions or setting up payslips. So uh, setting up payrolls. So everything we charge for what we do, it's which is fair. I mean, um, obviously use go proposal loads. So that kind of whole ethos has really been got like I've taken that on board. For, for years I think I've been with them for, since 2018 so a long time um yeah and making sure that we're charging for everything that we do in in a fair way that's transparent to our clients they've all got a list of everything that might be charged extra so it's not like it's a surprise to them when we send if we send them an invoice and if you charge for what you do from the client's point of view they're seeing an outcome of my yeah. people I know what I need to pay my people they're all getting a pay slip or you know all of that yeah. changes I know um cost of living, pay rise, all of that has been processed for me. I haven't got to think about it. So then from your side of things, as long as they get that outcome, it doesn't matter what the steps are that get you there. Yeah. And you were talking about process improvement and how like to build a piece of software, for example, you need to think, right, what does this traditionally look like, this process? And then what could it look like if we make some changes? And I just wonder yeah. like when you think, and I guess you do this a lot to make things more efficient. So for someone who's running a practice now and they're thinking, right, if I could be faster or more efficient and effective in delivering this piece of work and my client pays the same, how how do I, there's a way that I can make this a more profitable service. So what, do you go through a process? Do you map it out? Or what, what does that look like for you when you're trying to find out those efficiency savings? Yeah, I mean, for, for processing payroll, there's a very sort of standard set, isn't there? Get some information from a client, enter it into a software, check it. Uh, send it for approval, 
get it approved, click finalize, send the FPS, send the pensions, all of those things. You know, you've got to do certain amount of things. Um, so from a software development point of view, we look at um, where we can cut the human interaction into it if it's a man if it's a an automatic potentially automatic task so a no thinking task sending an fps emailing the client the customers with their pay slips on a certain date um producing reports all of that sort of thing can be done doesn't have to be done by human it can be done in the system so that it's we're kind of making sure that we've got everything um as efficient as possible and from a user's perspective, obviously we're using it within our practice. So my team are all targeted with saying, if they think something can be better, tell me. If you think you've clicked too many times on something, let me know what would be easier for you so that we can then feed that back to the developers. Um, and that's been great as well. So yeah, making the user interaction. So you can click one button. It's not like you have to go here and then here and then here and then here and then finalize that and then go back to that and all of that. So it's kind of keeping it all in a good process. Um, and our, our aim for the software is to get the um, employers and employees involved as well, so that if we're making changes, then they can have the, the access to it. So um, my or our vision is that if you could have your employer going, right, I've got a new person starting, his name's Joe Bloggs, this is his email address, they can go into the system, put that in, send an email to Joe Bloggs, they can then fill out a starter declaration all of their personal details, their bank details, et cetera. Then they can send it back to the employer to check, add on a salary, add on a working pattern, then send it to the accountant to check that, or the payroll processor to check that they're happy with it. They then put it in the system. So instead of you having to manually type from a handwritten starter declaration, it will come through the system to you as, as the end person. And that just makes everything more efficient. Um, so that's, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're almost there. We've done the kind of employer bit that's ready to sort of like start putting out. So now it's the next step, but yeah, it's really exciting to kind of look at where we can involve other people to take our time, um, and reduce and sort of reduce our processing time. And I think that's the beauty of the fact that you are actually doing the work. Yeah. How many times are there softwares and, initiatives out there or anything where people are running businesses but they're and they're and they're building things but it's not always fit for purpose because they're not actually doing the work they're not the so it's I I'm loving listening to this whole process and the fact that you're you know tweaking and improving and yeah. exactly that like what you just said like starter forms so simple oh but yeah when when you have to like scan and send and then if oh my goodness if like people the postcode is the wrong like it looks like a k looks like a h or a four and then you're like oh my god and then or a yeah. national insurance number they're the worst when someone's got that handwriting that doesn't yeah all the doesn't time. work and then when the employer writes the employee's name wrong because they've like well it was put on the contract like you know yeah so going to the actual source of truth and getting them to type it in in yeah. a way that means that everyone can read it and understand it um, and it's filled in automatically. Sounds sounds amazing. And I think I can imagine the blood, sweat, tears that you have had to put <laughs> into this. I, you know, I'm, me and Zoe are talking to a software developer at the moment and I've had a little bit of an insight into things and seeing like how the simplest thing looks simple from the user's point of view. Yeah. But to get it looking good in software and coding right oh my goodness it's I I yeah and and you've got a team around you which is great but I just love the fact that you've seen a problem you've seen an issue 
um, and that you're and you're doing this. And um, we're speaking today because you joined um, Lisa Johnson's one to many program through us. And um, you, are you building a one to many model as well alongside? Or are you utilizing like what you're learning about building audiences for the software, like leveraging pa- like semi passive income that way? So, do you know, it kind of, there's a bit of everything, isn't there? And I think Lisa Johnson talks a lot about having multiple strings, multiple sources of income. So, um, yeah, the idea is at some point, so we're building an audience that's, we're using that information that I've got from that. So, um, as input to, to grow that bit. Um, but from a, an accountancy practice for me personally, um, I've also taken, um, that training to be kind of more visible. I'm trying to kind of change what I'm doing kind of more, around the advice and the strategic bit because so my team are great they do the day-to-day work for the majority of our clients so I do have capacity to be able to do some extra value added stuff that I really enjoy doing as well so yeah the one-to-many thing is is currently developing a bit of a program for my clients around taking them through um as we were talking earlier people fall into uh entrepreneurship so we've kind of gone I've, I've, I've trademarked the name, the accidental entrepreneur. So we're going from accidental entrepreneur to purposeful CEO. And it's kind of making that, that thing. And that becomes my sort of little uh, package, I suppose, that I can put out there to one to many. And it's not, I haven't kind of taken everything that she's done and the whole, it's not, it doesn't work quite for me and what I'm trying to achieve, but there's so much value within that, um, that program that she's given out that you can apply it to so many different areas within your business. I think it's um I think it's really interesting to hear from lots of different people and sources and you know when we think about like creative solutions to things unless you've got all of those different ideas and influences around you you don't make the same connections do you and I'm sure that going on a journey piece like building a piece of software has opened your mind to lots of other things and ideas and then you start to connect bits don't you so yeah Um, Yeah, although I do have to be very careful because this last year I've been having so many ideas and so many things that I want to do that my brain has literally exploded and I've just had to take a step back and just go, do you know what, one thing at a time. Let's just (laughs) not get carried away, not get too excited by other things or the next thing that comes along. But um, yeah, it does. And as soon as you start doing one thing, you're like, oh, that's a good idea. I could do this with that. And then, oh, wait a minute. If I also then did that. And yeah, it's... um, yeah, you can get very overwhelmed and carried away I, with that sort of stuff. <laughs> I think that's a really normal uh, trait, and we see that a lot. Um, and, you know, I think we're um, victims, isn't the right word, but victims <laughs> of that thought process. Um, yeah. In terms of, like, how do you manage that? Like, you're busy, you're running a practice, you've got children, you've got a piece of software you're building on the side. How do you manage all of the ideas? What What is your process? And actually, like, how are you how are you working around family? Like, how's that working for you? Um, so I genuinely think that the connections that I've built up over the last sort of five years have made such a difference to my day-to-day processes, life, mental health, all of that, because like as much as like my family are amazing and they all support and all my friends support, but they're all employed. So none of them understand what it's like to worry about whether they whether you can pay staff wages or worry if your software subscription figure is going to come out and what your figures are looking like so it's all it's, it's very different running a business so I've I've been very fortunate I've surrounded myself with some great networks of people um all business owners who are 
so supportive and that makes such a difference because I know that I can pick up a phone and I can go I'm really struggling right now actually I really need some help or I can go I've got these great ideas what do you think to this and I'll go Nikki take a step back just calm that calm down a little bit do you want to do this right now and yeah I think that's it's so important to have that support network around you so what's next what what's the plans next for you and your practice and the um, you've told us about what you're hoping to bring in with the software um is it a case that the software will continuously evolve or is there any like big plans for additional things or is it it will stay payroll and payroll only <laughs> um but it will just you know serve its purpose well and then what's you know what's the plan for the practice um, well, the software, so we want FreshPay to be the number one payroll software in the UK and beyond. So yeah, we have massive um, high hopes and expectations for the software. So um, that has a massive amount of my focus on it. And the same with the other two ladies that we co-founded with. So um, we are dedicated to making this the best payroll software that's out there. We have got some really good things on our roadmap. We're very, very, very excited. Um, things like timesheet integration. So like, so the employees can do their timesheets, it integrates into the software and then you can run the payroll. All of that stuff makes I say, our lives easier. That's all I'm doing it for is to make my life easier. And if it makes someone else's life easier at the same time, then that's perfect. So yeah, we've got loads of stuff going on with the software that we're very excited about. Um, and then from the practice point of view, um, we're, we're growing, we're developing, we're recruiting at the moment. So it's, yeah, I want that to, to grow as well. We're, we're at a bit of a funny stage and I think quite often you get to kind of you sort of go woo and then you're like oh this bit's really hard and then you go okay fine so we're at the hard bit right now but we've got some exciting plans kind of uh, continuing that and adding that extra um kind of VIP service I suppose the value add stuff the strategic meetings the one-to-one -one meetings and giving my my clients that kind of network that support where they can come and ask me questions and just go I just need to run this by you and to have someone there that can that can talk to them so yeah that's the next step for me as well oh that's amazing and you know like all of this the entrepreneurial sort of mindset that you have this makes you a really valuable resource to your clients and you know you're just demonstrating that like how like you're their sort of friend mm -hmm. in business and they can really talk to you and they can see that you're doing this and you, you know you're entrepreneurial yeah. as well yeah. I think I think that makes a difference and that like everyone in your groups as well like we're we need to realize and, and it's taken me a long time to realize my value it's 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 really difficult um to kind of say why we're we're different to others but actually us as smaller people smaller companies that are running our own businesses going through all of that day to day we've got so much more insights and understanding than one of the bigger companies who if you go to a big accountancy practice, you're going to be dealing with employees who have never run a business, who don't understand what it's like. So actually, the value that we can give to our clients is huge when we talk about the fact that we know it, we run it on a day to day basis. We've been there. We've done that. Let us help you support it. And I think we need to remember that because I think um, I do see it in your group a lot that it's like, oh, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And we absolutely can. And we need to remember that we are awesome, awesome individuals for just starting and running our own businesses in the first place. Oh, yes. I love that. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us. Joe and I are like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we can, we've got this. We can do it. Come on, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Nicola, how can people connect with you and find out more about what you do? 
So LinkedIn's probably the best place. So I'm just Nicola Hageman on LinkedIn. I've got a nice pink um, jacket on, so you'll find me. There's not many of us around. So um, yeah, best place for that. And I would love to connect with anyone, um, have conversations with them. So I love, uh, I say, connecting, building my network is brilliant. Oh, amazing. Oh, well, thank you for being here. And thank you so much, everyone who's tuned in today. We'll see you next week for another episode of the podcast. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Bookkeepers podcast. Why not join us in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website sixfigurebookkeeper.com.